Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Ken Gosnell about the principles that every business should embrace in order to grow. Ken Gosnell, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's it's really great to have you. I'm super excited to have a nice conversation. We're going to be focusing on some of the principles that you discuss in your book. I'll share that with listeners here in just a moment. Uh, focusing on the principles that every business should embrace in order to grow. And really, we're going to take that from a people-centric uh, organizational leadership kind of a perspective. As we get started, I wanted to share Ken's bio with everybody. Ken Gosnell is the founder of CEO Experience and the publisher of the CXP CEO Executive Guide. Ken is a keynote speaker, executive coach, and author of the book, Well Done, Biblical Business Principles to Grow a Business and a Kingdom Impact. Uh, I love that. I uh, love uh your framing and uh, anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background before we launch on into the conversation. Well, you know, I've just looked at businesses. Um, I've been a corporate trainer and traveled around the world for one of the largest training organizations. So I've worked with businesses of all size from solopreneurs all to all the way to multi-million dollar uh, organizations. So I look forward to our conversation. Yeah, very, very good. Um, okay. So let's start off with, with the framing here. Um, you know, with, with your book, you start out the, the main title, well done. Uh, why, why do you, why did you choose that title? Um, how can these words be used to motivate leaders and their teams? Yeah, I believe that well done are the two most powerful words, uh, that every leader should speak and every leader wants to hear. Um, we know that when we strive for excellence in our life, that, uh, well done is one of those words that resonate deep inside of us. We know what well done looks like to ourselves. And often when we do it with excellence, uh, other people can see kind of that well done mentality and they'll give us that word, those words of positive uh, affirmation and encouragement. I get those words specifically from a story in the Bible that Jesus told. And there was a story about a team and there were some workers that were there. And when the leader came back, the ones that excelled, he said, well done. And so I think that that story resonates. And I think it's a story that every business leader should know. And it's definitely the two words that every employee wants to hear. Yeah, I think that's right. Showing genuine appreciation, genuine gratitude, and just recognition, acknowledgement of what people are able to do and accomplish is, is really, really important. Uh, it's important in any setting. Now, you take this principle uh, from a biblical passage, uh, but whether 
we're, we're looking at it from a religious, spiritual kind of a framing or a more secular framing, the, the principle is still the same. Like it's still, it's still an essential component to effective leadership. If I want to develop meaningful relationships uh, of mutual accountability and trust with my people, a key component of that is I have to be able to acknowledge when they do good things and, and share that openly. Uh, I, I'm a big believer in the idea that we should never suppress a kind thought. So when we observe that someone has done something um, really great and remarkable, we should acknowledge it. We should say, well done. We should pat them on the back. Uh, that doesn't mean that um, that everyone always wants that pat on the back. People are different. They have different kind of uh, love languages in terms of recognition and acknowledgement. And so we should know our people well enough to know, you know, how, you know, we can best impact them um, through different forms of, of acknowledgement and recognition, but ultimately do, do that proactively. If we do that proactively, we can, we can really make a big difference in people's lives. And a little bit can go a really long way for people, especially if they're having a hard day, if they're, if they've been really struggling with a project and now they've delivered on it, you know, there's been that stress, that anxiety, the the effort, perhaps even some burnout related to what they've been doing, and to just be able to to see them, to be with them, to acknowledge it, and to to thank them, uh, really, really goes a long way. Oh, absolutely. Matter of fact, um, one of the very first leadership principles that I learned is, uh, you know, when I had a team around me, it was so easy for the for me as a leader to look at uh, an employee or a team member that maybe was underperforming. And I thought, well, if we could get their performance up a little bit, our organization would succeed. And what the mistake that I made was that I had high performing uh, leaders in the organization that I thought, oh, well, they're doing, you know, they know what they're supposed to be doing. They know that I'm happy with them or pleased with them. And so I don't really need to focus on them. And what I found was that, um, it was actually one of the largest mistakes because the high performing employee didn't feel appreciated. They, even though they were working and being excellent in everything that they did, they didn't feel like that we, we had noticed it or I had noticed it as their particular leader. And we often had a lot of turnover until I recognized uh, this mistake. And the underperforming employee, although we could improve their performance, even if we improved their performance significantly, they weren't performing at the same level that the highest level of employee was performing. And so that's where I kind of discovered this principle of, of or these principles around well done, that every, every, I believe every leader longs to hear this. We want to strive to kind of live that well done life. We want to build that well done business. And every team member that helps us along that process, they want to hear these two words from a leader and again, like you said, it may take on different forms and fashions. It may not be always in just words of affirmation, but we need to, to really strategically and intentionally think about from an organizational standpoint, how are we communicating to our teams and, and uh, outwardly that we're really striving for this and we appreciate this level of excellence in our organizations? Yeah, yeah. Very well said. Absolutely. Uh, so well done. That's that's kind of a foundational uh, principle of just recognition, acknowledgement, genuine gratitude, uh, showing that to your people. Um, now let's go beyond that then. Uh, what are some of the other core principles that you see as just foundational as we seek to, you know, establish, grow, sustain a successful business? Yeah, excellent. So what I ended up doing was 
looking over the last hundred years of, of businesses that were successful and then studying not only their corporations, but also leaders themselves, CEOs and business owners. And I wanted to see the trends or the principles that were embodied in those organizations. And so I discovered 12 what I call business principles that every leader needs to embrace in order to hear well done. And, and, and what, they're, what I believed and what they did in those organizations were they not only discovered it, but they really uh, modeled it in excellence for people throughout the organization. So every person, when they come, would come into that organization, no matter how large the company became, they knew that these were principles that were applied to every decision, every choice, every action, every product or service that the, that, that organization was trying to do. One of those principles that I think is extremely important, especially where our, where our culture is today in the marketplace, is um, I call it um, uh, principle number 10 in the book, but it's improve your organization by improving your team. And I say that no great leader ever let alone and sometimes we think leadership is really an individual kind of goal or aspiration that we're trying to achieve. But, but really, leadership is always about bringing a team around us. It's about helping uh, um, bring people together for a particular purpose and for a cause. But the goal of the leader is never to leave people exactly where they were when they found them. It's about continuing to improve the team as they move forward. And what happens organically and what's happened in a lot of these organizations, when they focused on inwardly on improving that team, then all of a sudden the organization began to grow, begin to have better profits, more revenue, expansion, because the team members grew in themselves. And so it's a little bit of reverse thinking. Sometimes leaders think, well, let's build this company. But really what we have to do is build our team first. And then that sets our organizations up for success. Yeah, I think it's all about our teams, right? You, you, you're absolutely right that if, if I'm going to be successful as a leader, uh, and I think I'm going to do it on my own, um, then I'm, I'm just completely fooling myself. And inevitably, what's going to end up happening is you're not going to value your people, you're going to end up, you know, these power control games, micromanaging, all these sorts of things <clears throat> that ultimately are going to demotivate they're going to lead to lower productivity and nobody's going to be creative or innovate in that kind of an environment. And so it may seem a little counterintuitive, but the best way to ensure that you are going to be successful as a leader, like self-interested best way to do that is to give up power, give up control, focus on the needs of your other, of your people on your team, help develop them, uh, help them to be successful and then, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships, right? So you have this a team of people, all who are empowered, all who are excelling. It's going to make you look like an amazing leader, uh, recognizing, you know, that you're not doing all the things, you, you know, if you're in a leadership role, your, your, your job is to lean on the expertise of everyone on your team, not to do everything yourself. And that's, that's a hard lesson, I think, for a lot of leaders to learn. It is. It is. Absolutely. And I actually think you're going to see two different types of leaders kind of emerge in the marketplace out of this uh, uh, COVID um, uh, issue that we've been facing. You're going to see leaders, I think, that are very organizational centric, or you're going to have leaders that are very people centric. And you're going to have to pick one of those camps. It's a little bit <laughs> of a decision that's being uh, happening at this particular moment. 
Now, what's really interesting about that is, and again, I've looked at businesses over the last hundred years to look at the decisions they made and how they made those decisions. Decision business owners or business leaders that focus just on the organizational aspect and they really pushed into let's build this great organization, let's build this great business. They may have succeeded in a short term and they may succeed for a little while, but it's really the organizations that understand how to push into their people and become very people centric that allows the organizations to succeed and succeed over a long period of time. And so that doesn't necessarily mean giving in to every uh, desire or wish of a team. We, we do need to set standards and have values and principles and, and behaviors that we, we embody as an organization. But it does call the leader to a higher level of understanding the needs of the people on their team. It's about setting policies and procedures that make sense to their team. It's about making and understanding where the team wants to go and then making decisions that allow team members to flourish. It is about overcoming an, a risk and um, overcoming mistakes and challenging our teams to bring our best thinking to the organization and then rewarding them, not necessarily for the results, but for the for the actions and the behaviors that they they brought into the organization because they've you know went down a path of innovation or discovery some of the best ideas are going to be created in the next few months or years that are going to set our businesses up for success over the next 50 or 100 years but they're going to come out of our teams they're going to be from people that are on the front lines that are dealing with day-to-day -day issues that are making the decisions in real time and we as leaders need to be sensitive to where our team members are and let them know that, hey, we're there to support them. This organization is here to support them because we know when they succeed, our organization's gonna succeed. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There's no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of our problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that, you know, this people-centric organization, uh, this people-centric kind of mindset, I think it's just so, so essential, especially as we move into the future of work, this uncertain future with lots of disruptions and lots of drivers of change that are quickly reshaping the nature of tasks that we perform, the jobs we do, even entire careers and industries. 
And if we want to be successful in this uncertain future, the only way we can do it is if we create a psychologically safe, uh, healthy environment where people can challenge the status quo and innovate. Uh, that's the name of the game. If we can't do that, uh, then we're going to fall behind. We're not going to succeed. Our company's not going to be sustainable. Uh, and that can't happen through a command control model of leadership. That has to happen through uh, empowerment. That has to happen through learning to trust your people, creating a safe environment where they can experiment and even fail. I, I hesitate to even use the word fail because any failure, quote unquote, that leads to learning that allows you to then move to the next solution is just part of the process. That's, you know, it's the scientific method. Like you experiment, you learn, you grow. So we need to create a growth mindset and abundance mindset within our organization and where people feel safe to try new things. And when we can do that, man, the, the sky's the limit of what we can accomplish. Uh, we can help people truly, uh, you know, maximize their own personal potential. And unfortunately, we have a lot of people in a lot of organizations that they don't feel empowered, they don't feel supported, and they're kind of just biding their time until they can find the next opportunity that they're going to find more fulfilling. What a waste. What a waste that we're, we're not tapping in to the energy, the, the creativity, and the resources of, and the skill sets of all these people. Uh, it, it's certainly possible. Uh, it's not always easy to do, but it's also not rocket science. It's just like doing fundamental things well every day uh, as a leader can help you empower your people. Well, it's taken time just to talk to people and find out where they want to go and what they're trying to be. I mean, studies are coming out now and we're seeing it in the marketplace that 40% of the workforce has resigned or is leaving their current business to go to someplace else. Uh, I just saw a study uh, earlier this week that 2 million more people retired than was expected uh, during the last 18 months during COVID. So you talk about a significant shift in the marketplace. I've told business owners for a long time, when, when you've been gifted the gift of a, of a person that's willing to come into your organization, it's your responsibility, and we, you've talked a lot about servant leadership, but it's your responsibility to get to know that individual to understand who, what their gifts are, their talents, their, their dreams, their desires, and to give them the inspiration to use their gifts and their abilities to do something unique for, for, for their business. I say people can do the impossible when somebody in the organization believes it's possible. How many of us have been able to do things because somebody said, hey, I see in you uh, somebody that can run a podcast, or I see you could be an author of a book, or I see that you could run this particular project, or you could do sales, or you could do this customer service thing. And all of a sudden, the identity of an individual starts to change, but that comes because a leader calls that out a lot of times in an individual. Even thinking about all this remote work as an example, sometimes businesses are deciding right now and a lot of businesses are deciding to go completely remote or remote most of the time. But but I'm challenging leaders. And, and that's a great thing because, you know, again, it's back to understanding the needs of people. I was telling leaders to do this a long time ago. I said, you know, if you've got an employee and they want to move, move someplace, be closer to family or, you know, do something that be in a location that's just something because for whatever reason, well, why not let them do that? I mean, you know, now now if you if you're a one location business and let's say you're on the East Coast someplace and you have an employee that wants to move out west, 
Well, you can still manage them from afar if you're if you're a leader. And guess what? You're going to support. Now you've got two locations of your business and you might they may open up a whole new market for you. They may be able to do things for you in that location that you could have never done without that person having the initiative to go where they wanted to go and do what they wanted to do. And so really, it just comes down to a conversation. It comes down to a little bit of uh, genuine interest in a person and understanding who they are and what they're trying to accomplish. And leaders, we've gotten away from this a lot, I think, in, in the marketplace. We've, we look at uh, people, unfortunately, sometimes as, as replaceable. And it, that not, it wasn't that long ago, that wasn't the case. Somebody would go work for a company and they'd stay there for 20 or 30 or 40 years. You know, now it's very transient. I think we're gonna see the shift coming back the other way. People are gonna be valued and organizations are going to understand that, hey, I want to keep this individual with me for a long period of time. And I just have to keep knowing who they are and what they're trying to accomplish. Give them the ability to make decisions. Give them the ability to take risks. Give them the ability to, to work into their giftedness. And when I do, all of a sudden that person will become better. And then when that person becomes better, my organization will become better. Yeah, yeah. All of these are really great uh, principles. And I suppose we could take, you know, the opposite of each of these, you know, in terms of like what organizations do wrong that hinders their ability. But let's articulate specifically, what are some of those things that ultimately, you know, I, I think overall well-meaning individuals, well-meaning leaders, well-meaning organizations, but they just, they just get it wrong. And it ultimately undercuts their own strategic vision, you know, of, of the growth they want to have. Um, so what, what are some of those things that, that we just get wrong over and over again that really hinder our growth? Yeah, I think, um, and I know you've written about the importance of listening. I think one of the things that's really critical is that the role of the leader is to listen to your, to your people and to your team, to understand what their needs are, to try to help solve the problems, to try to be a mentor and encourage them along the process. But part of that is just listening. Uh, as leaders, we like people to listen to us and we like to communicate, but it's really important for us to pause to listen to someone else. Um, I think a little bit of time, spending time with individuals and just beginning to build that relational aspect. I say it's easier to lead friends than employees. right? And I know there's some take on that, that people say, well, I just can't be friends with people at work or you know, people are going to take advantage advantage of us as leaders or businesses if we do that. I don't find that to be true. I think the best leaders have that kind of personal relationship with their employees or their teams. And then it becomes more of a, a family dynamic or a relational dynamic. One of the things that I'm encouraging business owners to think about right now is we should even as even more so uh, from a leadership perspective, don't even treat our employees as families, but really treat them as guests. I mean, if we think about, uh, you know, if you had a guest in your home, uh, you know, you prepare for that guest. And when you get, when the guest gets there, or maybe even when they, before they come, you ask them some questions like, hey, what kind of food do you like to eat? Or is there anything that we can get for you so that your stay can be nicer? And and we do, we, we, we strategically and intentionally think about making that stay of that individual uh, a wonderful experience. I think it's on businesses to think about that for their employees right now, that it's our job to treat our employees as guests, that we're welcoming them into our business, and that we have to be intentional and strategic about asking the right questions, about meeting their needs, about giving them some things that, we maybe we can't give everything, but we can tell, give them the things that, that 
that are important to them or to the, to the bulk of our employees that we say, well, this is important. This is what my employees want. And so this is something that's going to be important that I'm going to try to give to them from a company perspective. And I don't necessarily compete with everybody else in the marketplace. I just need to know my type of employee and give them what they're looking for. And that's going to attract the best employees. That's going to be a place in, uh, where people are going to talk about and say, oh, I want to go work for that company. Not because they're, you know, um, they're giving me everything that I want, but they're they're seeing me as valuable and they're trying to meet my needs and they're taking time to know me. And I think that's the biggest question. So many employees feel like they don't they're not known. You know, it was interesting. There was a, a study in the United Kingdom that was done talking about employee satisfaction. And one of the things that came out of that study a couple of years ago was that employees said that just some form of recognition, not not like formal recognition, but just the acknowledgement from a supervisor or for somebody in senior management, that that's more rewarding than actually uh, a, a raise or uh, actually some kind of certificate or formal recognition. What they're what they're saying is that they often felt invisible to leaders, and what people want more than anything right now is just to be known. And I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of uh, leaders miss. We're so action oriented. We're so focused on getting the next task done. But the most important thing is just to see people, not make them feel invisible. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, Ken, it has just been a real pleasure talking with you. The time has flown by. I, I think that we could probably talk for hours. Um, and I welcome you back to the podcast anytime and we can continue the conversation. But before we close today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how we can, uh, how they can get connected with you uh, and, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. I appreciated being here. They can find out more about the book if they go onto Amazon and search Well Done. Uh, my name, Ken Gosnell, or they can go to our website, welldonebook.com, welldonebook.com or our business site at www.ceoexperience.com. They can find my contact information in any one of those places as well. And again, I would just say that here's an important principle for every leader to think about today. It is about reorganizing our businesses or pushing our businesses forward. But as we improve our team, as we improve those that work with us, our organizations will improve. Absolutely. Well, well said, Ken. Thank you so much. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Ken and his team can do for you. Check out his book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. 
The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.